Instacart is a big thing, babes. That's right. I keep getting notifications about savings and whatnot, mm -hmm. and you just got us an order, which is nice. Oh, the 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 shopper did a really good job. Mm -hmm. They're gonna get a they're gonna get a good rating. At first, I was confused because it seemed like you were getting a notification every minute about things he was replacing. Yeah, but he did a good job. He did a good job. Um, he uh, he got me good replacements for the ginger root and um the the ice cream sandwiches i wish there were more in there but that's okay yeah i'll i'll uh he gave me two boxes of them so i'm 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 happy nice. and he got the right chocolate and uh it, they weren't too far off so i i'm i'm happy i i think i'm going to give this guy a good rating good good we got all the chicken and i was a little bit worried because you know when i i bought chicken or i bought beef um Speaking of beef, I found like um, some beef in my freezer that I didn't realize that I, I forgot that I put in there. Oh, wow. Oh, it's just another message. Yeah. Um, I Sometimes it doesn't tell you like exactly how much is in the package. Mm -hmm. Like it's something, something for, for, for pound or per pound. Um, but I, I think we got enough chicken for both, um, for both dishes. I'm excited about that. Yes. Tonight I think is going to be fun. Tomorrow we're doing like one of my favorite things. Yeah, so. he's very happy. When I yeah. said, okay, we can do chicken tikka masala next week, or uh, which was last week. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, chicken tikka masala. Right. <laughs> it is good. It's delicious. Yeah. It is delicious. We have a lot of crushed tomatoes this time. That's a good thing. But that is good. And I'll be um, making the rice with the coconut milk. Nice. Turns out pretty good. This time I'm going to make sure I put... Um, Olive oil on the bottom of the pot oh. of the rice cooker. Okay. Yeah. It seems like we get better results when we do it on the stovetop. I know, but, you know, I'm going to go back and forth and do some things different again. But... Yeah, but if we want the best results. <laughs> what? Bubs, when y'all looking for the best way you No, Bubs. Sometimes I like cooking it in the cooker. <laughs> That's what the cooker is there for, Bubs. Yeah, but if it... Oh, okay. Oh, I okay. Well, let me do it my way tonight, or tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> we'll do it the regular way, the good way. The tonight. good way, babes. Babes. <laughs> Even you would agree to that, right? Well, I mean, there's some things I could do to make it, um, you know, to make the rice, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To make the rice moist, but that doesn't make me it's the wrong way. Uh oh. Well, okay, okay. Let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it, babes. Let's do it the way where it comes out the best. No, let's 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 do it Rick's way tonight, and then my way tomorrow. I made rice for us last Saturday. It was good. It was good, and I assume you believe that my rice is better than the results you could get out of your rice cooker. Oh, is my wrong? Good. I'm not saying my I'm not saying yours is better than mine, but it is good. I mean, I per, like I've I've made coconut rice before that turned out pretty good. Yes, but you get better results. <laughs> okay, all right, we can swap this. <laughs> Your way is not always the best way, bub. But as far as rice goes, oh hold on. <laughs> bub, bub, hey, hey, bub, hey, hey, bub. You gotta stop it now. All right. Nobody's way is better than the other one. I could, you know, there are ways I can make it moist. Nice. 
but nobody's way is better than the other way. Oh my goodness. Well, anyways. He's all weak. I'm getting to fight you here. I'm sorry. We're on off it. I'm sorry that I know how to make one. Ow, yucky. He's so weak. You say sorry. He's so Okay, I love you. I love you too. You weirdo. I'm not a weirdo anymore. Oh, you. I was watching Valerie Harper, her Emmy's acceptance speeches from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And to me, I had always thought it was weird that on the Mary Tyler Moore show, she does such a great accent as Rhoda. Yeah. But then when you watch her on the Hogan family, she doesn't have an accent at all. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Yeah. But that's 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 how great an actress she is. Exactly. But if you listen to her Emmy award speeches, yeah. she sounds like a mix between both. Yeah, you can tell that she's done Rhoda. Yeah. But it's so funny to see her out of character. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny to see Ed Asner out of character. Yeah, Edward Asner as Lucio Bacall. Little Eddie. Little Eddie. Eddie, Eddie Asner. Little Eddie Asner, the former blues singer. Remember the dog on Frasier, Eddie? Yes. And I keep thinking about Eddie the dog. Interesting. Yeah. But Ed Asner, yeah, he was, he was, um, he gave a good speech. I like what she said that, you know, um, we get along so, we're like family, so, um, that's why the show is successful as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I believe that. It's a really great show. It is. And I discovered this week that they did do a Mary and Rhoda movie in mm-hmm. 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't watch that now because we got to get through the series, but maybe after we finish that. Yeah, because I, I don't remember watching um, the reunion movie in 2000. I didn't even know about that. Actually. I don't either, but it also doesn't surprise me because it was a TV film and it doesn't, at the time, I wouldn't have been interested in it because I hadn't seen the show. Mm-hmm. Besides for that famous You Got Spunk clip, which I didn't think was that funny. You Got Spunk. I, and a lot of people were quoting it. I didn't think that, that's not the best clip from the series. And a lot of people were quoting the You Got Spunk thing, and I'm like, where did that come from? And then we find out it's from the Mary Tyler Moore show. That's a clip that they always show, and the other one is the series finale, where they all go for the tissues together. Mm-hmm. Neither clip is that good, and I'm surprised that those are the clips that are considered the most iconic. Well, they also showed the clip at um, Chuckle's funeral, too. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But I heard that that was pretty, I heard that, um, that that was considered one of the funniest episodes on the in their show. Well, TV we'll Guide said that. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see when we get there. We'll see when we get there. We haven't gotten there yet. I think it's in season four. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Ted's dating Chuckle's daughter. Betty Bowerchuck. Betty the Clown. Betty the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, that that's so funny. He's like Chuckles is my Chuckles is my dad, and then he's like Betty the Clown. <laughs> Ted is hilarious. And then she ended up going to Hollywood, dating another man and having a kid. And that kid grew up to be Homie the Clown. That joke did not land. So bad, bubs. That's not your best one. That's another iconic character, though, Homie the Clown. Homie the Clown. That people don't really talk about much these days. But back in the 90s, everybody knew Homie the Clown. Great, that's a great show. Yeah, in living color. Mm-hmm. I liked, um, I liked Miss Bonita. You told me that before. I know, I'm telling it again. Okay. It, bears, it bears repeating, bubs. Okay. Miss Bonita, yes, I think that was with the uh, Kim Wayans. Nice, 
Good stuff there, Jay. Well, good stuff there. Yeah. And so I also watched, I went down a little bit of the Johnny Carson rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Not too deep because I have complicated feelings about him. Okay. Um, I don't know enough about him to comment. I, I just thought some of his stuff was funny, but. I heard he was an asshole behind the scenes. But did you ever read that book that Henry Bushkin wrote about him? No. Okay, so Henry Bushkin was Johnny Carson's lawyer for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And about 10 years ago, I think Bushkin has since died, he wrote a book just called Johnny Carson about his relationship. And the first night that they met, they mm -hmm. broke into an apartment that Frank Gifford had because Frank Gifford was having sex with Johnny Carson's wife at the time. Oh, really? According to Henry Bushkin. Oh, oh, I was this around the time that um his that Kathy Lee found out about it? No, this was way before. This is like the early to mid seventies. Oh, before he married her. Yeah. Okay. And he's telling all these stories like Johnny Carson went to Ronald Reagan's inauguration, mm -hmm. and they were seated like in the third row. So Reagan had to call Johnny Carson to apologize for that because Carson was pissed off that he was seated so far back. Really? Yeah. That's not that far back. I know. That's a third row. He shouldn't have had to, uh, he shouldn't have had to apologize for and that. And Carson was also upset because he was emceeing an event for the RNC that weekend. Um, and, and I, again, I'm going off of, I read the book 10 years ago. And that's an interesting story. There's also, Carson was asked to sell his company to Coca-Cola and serve on their board, but he didn't mm -hmm. want to do it. And Henry Bushkin said that that deal would have made him a billionaire over time. Oh, wow. Because they were going to give him $100 million in stock and $25 million a year for five years. And he said that that $100 million in stock would have been worth $2.2 billion. But that's, of course, had he kept it and everything. Um, anyways, mm -hmm. I read the book when it came out, but I saw that, uh, apparently Joan Rivers did an interview with Henry Bushkin mm -hmm. when the book was released on WNYC and they posted it on their YouTube channel. Now, do you know her history with Johnny Carson? Joan Rivers? Yeah. No. Oh, that's interesting. That's why I wanted to watch it. So Joan Rivers was a regular on his show. Yeah. And there was a time where they thought that she was going to replace Johnny Carson when oh, he retired. Really? Okay. Yeah, he was a big fan of hers. He had her on all the time. Yeah. And she does a late night talk show for Fox. Uh-huh. Okay. That goes horribly. The one that where she goes, can we talk? Yes. Okay. So horribly that her husband ended up committing suicide. Just like that, just because of that. Well, there are other things that I'm sure contributed to it, but that was the thing. At least that's a narrative that the media had for why her husband killed himself. Okay. It, that was the thing that pushed him over the edge. Was how badly the show did. I think it only lasted for like six months. Wow. Yeah, but she's good with Johnny Carson. She did. I don't know, like maybe a hundred appearances on the show as a uh, guest. Yeah. And several hundred appearances as, like, the guest host. Mm. Goes on this show one night in 86. Great appearance. Mm -hmm. Next day, she announces that she's doing a show for Fox, and he never talks to her again. Oh, wow. Johnny completely cuts her out of his life. 
Johnny's son dies in 1991. Mm-hmm. Joan Rivers reaches out and says that he, he refused to talk to her even then. Really? Yep. Wow. She said that, that they that never talked. Time- they never talked after she made the announcement that she was going to Fox. Is that around the time that um, Johnny Carson retires? He retired like about a year later. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, in May of 92. That's what I thought, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I that's why I really wanted to hear the interview is because even though I'd already heard the book, I wanted to see what her response to this was. And she basically backed up everything that was, I mean, she wasn't there for a lot of it, but she backed up all the stuff about his personality, about him being hard to deal with. And she said that she thought it was very, um, I don't want to misquote her, but I think she said that she thought it was mean that he never got back to anybody who reached out to him when his son died. And she also said during the interview that she had actually told him about the Fox show before she made the Before she did that? Oh. Yeah, but he made it seem like th- that was the first he heard about it. So it was, it was interesting from that So she So she basically backed up what Henry Bushkin said. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's sad when you hear about that because Johnny Carson was one of the most um, beloved Tonight Show hosts. Yeah. And um, I will say he did put on a good show. I've, I've seen clips of it. He interviewed uh, Joey Lawrence when he was first coming up in the as being a child actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he interviewed quite a number of folks and he seemed like a like a, a personable uh, host um, on the air, but you just don't know until you're with somebody behind the scenes what kind of a person they are. They didn't talk about it in the interview, but in the actual book, Henry Bushkin goes to meet with Johnny Carson's agent. This is early on in their relationship. Uh And he's thinking about representing Johnny, right? And in front of Johnny Carson, Uh the agent says, the two most miserable people I've ever met in show business are Jack Benny and Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson is worse than Jack Benny. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So that was interesting. I don't know much about Jack Benny. Um, at all, so I can't really comment. He was a big radio person who kind of transitioned into TV. I keep getting it mixed up with Benny Hill, but Benny Hill, I think, was British. Yes. Yeah. What? That's kind of the Benny Hill music. At least when they play those clips on TV. I don't think I've heard that. Well, I might have. I don't know how it sounds. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Going down this rabbit hole of The Tonight Show. And I'm also on a Mary Tyler Moore fix right now, as you could tell. Absolutely. There a good reason. <laughs> is a clip from The Tonight Show from the mid-80s. And it's Joan Rivers as the guest host interviewing Betty White. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched that last night, obviously. It was pretty good. Okay. They're kind of like making fun of each other a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like, I don't get the whole obsession with Betty White. Maybe it's because I'm a straight dude, but. Really? What does that have to do with Betty White? I know a lot of gay guys, or I have over the years, who've been very into Betty White. Really? Yes. Why? I don't know. I don't know either. 
And that doesn't mean that all gay guys are in there. I'm just saying, I'm telling you the type of gay people who talk to Rick are also big Betty White fans. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. But they're also into Barbara Streisand too. Yeah, that's like a big thing, right? Yeah, for whatever reason. I know I know Rosie O'Donnell was like into Barbara Streisand stuff and I'm she's okay. I mean, there are some songs that I like of her, but I'm not I'm not really a fan of hers. That's fair. And I think she's kinda nuts. Yeah. But anyways, there's this whole obsession in our culture with Betty White and whatnot. I don't think that she's that great, but she's okay. I don't hate her or anything. And she was good on that interview with Joan Rivers. I think the last thing that she did was for a Smokey the Bear commercial. Nice. But she sounded really old. Yeah. Because she was about, you know, she was going to die soon. I'm thinking, when is this lady going to croak? Hurry up. Get out <laughs> no, of here. No, I never said that. But she, but you know, as she got older, you could tell that her voice was getting a little bit slower. And, you know, she, she was old. She was 99 when she passed. Yep, she was. She yep. would have been 100. She lived a couple more weeks. She would have been 100, uh, I think, last year, right? At the beginning of last year. The beginning of last year, yeah. She was two weeks away from turning 100. That's right. Uh, but apparently she was a big lip, so that's good. What, what? is it? Oh, Bobby. Something was wrong with her. Mm, I mean, I like her acting, but her politics? Mm. Who knows? So was Ed Asner. Now, I don't know about Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore made it sound like she was a little bit of everything. Like, she didn't really fit the mold. Mm. Like, she seemed... I don't think she was really all that lib on her on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Even though she was a single lady working. Mm -hmm. Because you kind of sense that she was more wholesome than your average lib. You know what I mean? Well, then the media would like to portray the outwards. But then she was she didn't live the same way that Mary Richards did. Right. You know, she had kids. At least she had a son. I don't remember if she had another kids, but she was she was married more than once. And um, you know, she did have a family. What was that show what what was that movie she was in about her son that was getting like had a drug problem or something and ordinary people yeah yeah and you said you watched it right no i haven't seen that the movie i watched with her was flirting with disaster which is pretty funny what or, is that one about so ben stiller is her adoptive son mm -hmm. and i believe if i remember right george siegel is her husband in the movie uh -huh. and ben stiller just had a baby well his wife did but Not with him, him. yeah and his wife is played by Patricia Arquette. It's either Patricia or Rosanna. Okay. And he wants to track down his biological parents in mm -hmm. the movie. Mm -hmm. So he gets Tay Leone to help him with that process. Why Tay Leone? She's the, she doesn't play herself in the movie. She's like oh. somebody who worked. I think she either worked with an adoption agency or she's like a reporter who does stories about adoption. Okay. And they track down his parents, who are played by Alan Alda and Lily Tomlin. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! That's, that's a pretty good movie. Hilarious. Yeah, and you find out <laughs> why they put him up for adoption. <laughs> and uh, uh, without giving too much away, it was basically because they were going to prison <laughs> for something else. Was this one in the eighties? This was nineteen ninety six. Oh wow! Yeah, this was. I think David or Russell's follow-up to Spanking the Monkey. Spanking the Monkey? That's yeah. what the name of the movie is? Oh, I have not seen that, but I've heard good things about it. What is that one about? Apparently, it's about uh, 
this is what I've heard. I mean, not watched it. Okay. It's about a woman who like has a, an ankle injury. So she moves in with her son and they end up having sex. Huh? Yeah. That's like a porno. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, good. Ew. Yeah. The son, right? Not, not. The not... mom and the son, apparently, from what I've heard, end up having sex in the movie. Yeah, cool. Yeah, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to watch that one, and I don't think I want to see uh, Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. I do want to watch that one. Mm. The Bobcat Goldfight film. No, thanks. Oh, my goodness. You can watch it alone, then. Oh, my goodness. I'm too much of a dog person to watch it, but... I don't think they show that stuff on camera, babes. Yeah, but that's it. the implication is there. Yeah. Mm, well, then you watch it and tell me how it is. Tom Green has had, like, I don't know, three or four different podcasts over the years. Really? And it feels like as soon as his shows pick up in popularity, he quits them. Okay. Which is a discussion for another time. But I remember in one of his podcasts, it was the one he did, I think, on the Smodcast Network in, like, 2010, 2011. Okay. In front of a live audience. He interviewed Bob Cat Colfley. Yeah. And if I remember the story right, because unfortunately I didn't archive this and I should have. He tells a story, Bobcat, about when he was screening the film Let Sleeping Dog Lies. Let Dogs Sleeping Lies. Dogs Lies. Yeah. And apparently this one lady was really dis- disgusted and gets up to leave the movie theater, but her mm-hmm. friend stops her. And they watch the movie and afterwards the lady is crying and he somehow discovered that this lady had slept with her dog mm. during college. What? Yeah. No, are you sure you want to watch that? Again, they're not showing the actual acts. Yeah, that but still, though. The dog. I yeah. like movies that are a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah, apparently so. You know, why does everything have to be I don't, a well, Disney film? Well, I'm not saying that everything has to be a Disney film, but I think there has to be some decency in order. But that's why you don't actually see the act on the screen. Yeah, but, you know, she said, the lady said she was disgusted, so I don't know. Oh, but she had actually slept with the dog. Ew. In her real life, so. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we've talked about this whole thing. Like, I told you the story about my friend who talked to this girl. Yeah. That did stuff with her guide dog. guide dog, which I think is really disgusting, and I think is probably pretty common. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that common, Bubs. Oh, I think most women wouldn't even dream about doing that with their pet dog, nice. unless they uh, some other. I'm talking about pet. specifically guide dog. No, users. I don't think so. Okay, I don't. I do not believe that. Nice, nice. There is no evidence to back up what your theory is. Oh. No evidence to back up that theory. Well, I said, I think. I didn't say I know. Well, thinking isn't the same as knowing. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I don't think it's, I don't think it's that common at all. Maybe it's not. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. But anyways, those are some movies to check out one day. Oh. Yes. Well, by yourself. By myself. And Mary Tyler Moore is in flirting with disaster. So that's how we got on this. I know. You told yes. me that. That's what I knew her for best before we watched the documentary on her. I mean, I knew about the Dick Van Dyke show and her TV series, but I didn't see them as a kid. Yeah, well, I had I had no idea that she was a smoker at one time because I knew that she was a drinker. Mm-hmm. 
um, that she had a problem with drinking and she wanted to get, she wanted to get over that. <clears throat> but I, did, I had no idea that she was a smoker at one time. Yeah. She's a good actress there, little Jewel. And a good singer, apparently. Oh, good. Well, I remember the documentary they were showing her singing on the, the, the Dick Van Dyke show. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's still alive. He is still alive. He outlived her and Jerry. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And Jerry is on the Mary Tyler Moore show. I told you I watched an episode out of order a couple of days ago. Yeah. And he plays like one of her ex-boyfriends who starts working at the TV station. Was that a good Did you like that episode? I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the ones that we both saw separately because I, I thought they were really good. Tell me. The first one was when... They get snowed in and Lou can't go to Vegas to see his friend and uh, they were supposed to go to the pool and hang out with his buddies. And he gets stuck uh, playing poker with his co-workers um, in the office, mm -hmm. in the newsroom. <laughs> and, and Mary is trying to get Murray to leave because she knows that he's a gambler. She finds out because Marie, Murray's wife... <laughs> Comes over to Mary's place. Because she's looking for him because she made a sandwich for him and she can't find him. Yeah. And she's thinking that Marie is having an affair with Mer Mary still. Mm -hmm. Marie is having an affair uh -huh. with Mary. Um, and and she's like, well, Marie, Marie isn't here. And she's like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> well, where is he? He's like, well, they're, they're at the office playing poker. He's like, What? Murray is Murray is an excessive gambler. He used to be a gambler. I want to get I I want to go after the person who um made sure this poker game happened. And he's just like, well, I did, <laughs> but she didn't know that he was a gambler. Right. Yeah. He ends up losing something like three hundred and seventy dollars yep. to Ted, and there's a name of some prime minister. Something Kawasaki. I forgot what his first name was. Yeah. So Murray says, let's go double or nothing. I bet that you can't get this guy's name right on the show. Yeah, I bet you're going to blow it. Tonight on the news. And if you get his name, if you get his name wrong, then you owe me money. No, right. then we're square. Then we're square, yeah. But if you get it right, then I have to double it. I have to double it, yeah. Right? Yeah. Ted goes on the air and gets the name wrong, which is great. And, and he then, also gets other things wrong. Yeah. But I love when Ed Asner comes out of his office and says, why is Ted crying on the news? Square. By the way, mm -hmm. here's two things you might not know about Gavin McLeod in relation to the show. Mm -hmm. Did you know that there was talk about him playing Lou Grant originally? Really? Yeah, like wow. he auditioned for it, but he liked the part of Murray more. Than he did of the part of Lou, which yeah. I think is a good thing. And yeah, they were thinking when the writers were coming up with the series that Murray would kind of be Mary's adversary in the newsroom because really? they both, you know, work at a desk. Maybe there'd be some office hatred there, but they said that Gavin br brought such a sweetness to the character yeah. that they quickly decided to change that, which yeah, I, I think was a good decision. I think he's great as Murray. Yeah. And and Murray kind of had the the thing with Ted, right? This this um this there's an implied uh, annoyance. Yes, it's, it's really <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ted is like a nuisance to Murray, and mm -hmm. and Ted just likes everybody. 
Um, but but Ed, Ed Asner as Lou Grant, that was a really, really good, um, good pick. Apparently, he did really bad when he went in to read the first time. Really? And then Ed's just like, you know, give me another shot at this. I have a new way I want to approach the character. They did, and it worked. Ah. Yep. What kind of a character was Lou Grant supposed to be? Well, he was supposed to be what he was. A crotchety old guy. But he... I forget the exact story. Played it another way. I think he tried to make it more dramatic. Okay. Yeah. Then he changed it, and the rest is history. Yeah. But we watched a couple other episodes. Yes, we did. We watched one with Rhoda's parents. Yes, we watched one with Rhoda's parents. That was that was that wasn't as funny as some of the other ones were, no. but it was it was there were some laughs to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one we watched that was unrealistic. Yeah, that was the one where. Um, uh, Murray was uh, left in charge of the newsroom. Yeah, this is the only episode from the series that didn't make me believe the show. Like, it felt like I was watching a sitcom. Basically, well, that's what a sitcom is. Well, I know, but you're supposed to suspend disbelief. Oh, well, according to you. And this is the only one in the series so far where I haven't been able to do that because I knew how the show was going to end. Okay. Starts off. Lou gets a promotion, so he gets Murray to take his spot. And the whole episode is about how Lou hates being an executive Mm -hmm. and about how Mary feels like she's not getting her props because she's a woman. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, Lou just decides to take his old job back and Mary goes back and Murray goes back to his desk. Yeah. That did not work for me. It felt very like 80s, 90s sitcom thing. Like, oh, I have this chance to better myself, but instead I'm going to hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. I did not like that episode at all. Mm-hmm. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah, there was some there was some really funny stuff in there. But here's the issue. The jokes were at the expense of the realism of the characters. And right. you never want to do that. Unless you're making an absurdist comedy. But if you're making something that's supposed to be based in some sort of version of reality... You don't want to do that, where you make fun of the reality of the characters. Well, you don't want them to do it. I personally don't care, but, you know. So, did you like this episode? It was okay. It wasn't the best one. Mm. It could have ended differently. I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. But I don't spend a lot of time um, asking myself, is this believable to this sitcom's universe? Oh, my goodness. I don't I don't ask myself those questions. I just <laughs> watch it. And- Worst episode of the series so far. Well, besides the other one with the retired uh, has-been football player. That one was bad, but it didn't break the reality of the characters. And that's why this is the worst episode. Okay. I can tell that you're like, mm, love, who care you are? We are you, Bob. <laughs> Let's talk about Rhoda Morgenstern. Rhoda the Beautiful. Rhoda the Beautiful. That this was a great episode. I really enjoyed that one. So she's um she joined this uh, weight loss um organization or club with uh, Murray. Yeah. Meanwhile, calorie cutters. Valerie Bert- Bertinelli isn't fat. Valerie Harper. And neither is Valerie Harper. If we're gonna be no, talking Valerie about Bertinelli did have a weight problem when she got older, though. Oh, that's why she was on Weight Watchers. Yeah, but she's not on the show. Babe. Let's talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. Now. I think it was Jenny Craig. Yeah. Anyway. One of those two. 
Um, I always get the two of them mixed up. One of those two. Um, but Valerie Harper, it's not like she was like no, she was overweight on the show. No, because you told me she wasn't fat. and I'm I thought like, she was good looking on the show. And then you said that there's this standing, this long standing joke that Rhoda is a fatty. Yeah. And she's not. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me about the episode. It was great. So her and Murray, I guess they were doing something called maintenance, which basically means that they were like cutting things out and yeah. you know calorie counting and i guess that's why they call them calorie cutters and and between her and all the other people that lost a bunch of weight including murray it was like nine thousand pounds i think it was. <laughs> <laughs> mary's like nine thousand pounds i'm like geez that must have been really beefy yeah well, then all of a sudden she um she announces to Mary and Phyllis that she entered a beauty contest at her work. At her work, yep. So it wasn't like a a Miss the Miss America pageant or anything. It was a beauty contest at her work, mm -hmm. and Phyllis is like, "Oh, I was in a beauty contest once, and I'll show you what I did." I think she won the contest, if I'm not mistaken, or she was close to it, and she started singing. And I don't know why the audience was laughing. I'm guessing that Mary and Phyllis were giving her weird looks like, okay, what are you doing? Oh. It, it was funny. And then she comes back and she announces to Mary and Phyllis that she got third place in the contest. And she's like, well, third is very good. And third is very respectable. Respectable. And then um, Phyllis leaves and she tells Mary that she actually won the contest. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I was thinking that she was going to start crying. Me too. I thought she was going to be like, oh, well, you know, I, I'll i never win a beauty contest, but she actually won it. It was good. It was a really good one. I think Mary Tyler Moore is more attractive than Rhoda, but Rhoda's got her own thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. She has a different kind of attraction. Exactly. She's like New York attractive. Yeah. She, uh, she's the type of broad who will say some dirty stuff and maybe do some dirty stuff. Is she? I, I think so, right? I'm talking about know. the character. I don't know about I don't know. how Valerie Harper was in real life. I don't know. She just seems like, uh, you know, you, you know, she's like a, your, your girl from the, from Brooklyn or something that's down for whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and Mary Tyler Moore, and who knows, I've never had sex with either of these women. I hope not. I have not. They're, they're all, they're both dead now. Yeah. Maybe now would be the time, right? But, My goodness. But she seems a little <laughs> bit more demure, like she'll have sex, but nothing like too crazy. She, she has her, she has her, um, you know, she's very personable, but it seems like she also is a private person. Like she doesn't want to, you know, yeah. open up too much. She's. She seems a little bit more uh, reserved, I guess, when it comes to her feelings. There then, was, yeah, there was that Chris Rock joke in that great special, um, Shoot the Messenger, where he says, since I got married, I haven't had a blowjob. He's like, I've had oral sex, but I haven't had a blowjob. He's like, and this is his language, not mine. He says, I haven't fucked since I got married. Babes! <laughs> I'm quoting a respected comedian here. Oh, okay. And he's like, I haven't fucked since I got married. I've had sex. So, you know what I mean? It's like, she'll do, it's my impression again about Mary Tyler Moore. She'll do the, like, standard stuff. But she's not going to go, like, 
full on, you know, crazy. In other words, she's not a freak. Let's do it in the movie. In theme. other words, yeah. she's not a freak. Is that what you're talking exactly. about? She's not a freak in the bedroom. Exactly. And you get the sense that Rhoda might be a little bit of a freak. Do you? Yes, I do. Don't you? I don't know, Bubs. It's, it's a show. Okay. Okay. You're talking about fictional characters. I have no idea. Fair enough, babes. <laughs> Bubs. Fair enough. Anyway. Yeah, so, but Rhoda, Rhoda's the kind of person you could talk to about anything, I think. Yeah. I've been watching interviews with Valerie Harper and the cast, basically, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them, she was saying that Rhoda tested well with everybody. Like, little kids liked her, adults liked her, older people thought she was cool. And she said that she thought the reason why is because people wanted to be like Mary on the show, mm -hmm. but they are probably more like Rhoda and they were afraid of becoming like Phyllis. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Like, I don't want to grow up to be like Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I have a teacher that I really get along with. And I keep forgetting to ask her if she's seen the Miller, Mary Tyler Moore show. Because I think she'd get a kick out of it. Mm -hmm. I really think she would. Having watched it mm -hmm. a lot more, babes, mm -hmm. I get why they kicked Valerie Harper off the show. And gave her a spinoff. Oh, because she's so good. Yes. Okay. And it's almost like you don't want her outstaging your main star. Yeah. I thought... So, I'm excited to see the Betty White stuff in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Because... Yeah. You said that um, a friend of yours said that it was really funny how she she entered in there. We were there at the same time when my friend said this. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah. and I would, yeah, and and um, <clears throat> so that's that's cool. But I keep forgetting to tell to to tell her to watch it or to ask her if she's ever watched it because I think she would really find it really funny. Yeah, and it's you know. Um, Women, no matter how old they are, like in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, that may have been in the same situation as Mary Tyler Moore, trying to figure life out, trying to balance work with friendships, not wanting, you know, not wanting to end up like this one, this lady that lives downstairs you know, <laughs> that is so protective of, of her her daughter, her little best, her little best, and is it's an, it's implied that her marriage is not really the best one because mm -hmm. you barely ever you don't even see her husband, you know. Other <laughs> friend ends up like Phyllis. That's great. Uh -huh. Was somebody like interviewing people about that or? No, the interview was with your girl Valerie Harper. Okay, and I think it was for the Foundation of American Television. Nice, which. I love the fact that they've interviewed so many people. I just wish that they would post full interviews instead of clips on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that. Did you ever see Cloris Leachman's interview concerning Phyllis? Because, you know, I mean, because you, you never know what kind of things that they're going to say um, off of the show when it comes to playing characters. Because some people like playing their characters characters and some people are like oh i'm glad i might i'm i'm glad i'm not like my character i should check out some stuff by her as far as interviews goes yeah but she was she's excellent as phyllis and you wonder i'm like you're like i wonder sometimes oh i wonder if she's thinking wow 
Yeah. Did I ever like that to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Be Kind Rewind did a retrospective on Cloris Leachman just a couple weeks ago, and I watched it this week. Mm -hmm. And apparently, I didn't know this, but she won the Oscar, like, near the end of the first season of the Mary Tyler Moore show. She won an Oscar, really? Yeah, for the last picture show. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. There's a lot of other interesting stuff in there about her. But I should check out more of her stuff. And I knew somebody who not knew her, but spent some time around her. Really? Yeah. And what did they think? They said that she was a nice person. Okay. Yeah. Um, And, and this was, of course, when she was much older. Cloris Leachman. No, this was... Uh, so, I don't want to go too into it, but I knew somebody who was around the set of Young Frankenstein. I don't oh. like saying people's names and, you know. Oh, wait, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Never mind. Okay. Yeah. I don't like I don't like saying people's but, names. But this person was very young when, when she was on the set. Yeah, but she, made, she didn't make it sound like Cloris Leachman was a horrible person. She made it seem like she was, you know, nice and everything. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad she was nice to her. Yes. But, oh, my goodness, Phyllis. <laughs> I just hope she treated Beth okay. <laughs> I wonder what it was like for um, the lady who plays Beth. I think it's Lisa Gerritsen or something. Yeah. How she um, got along with um, Cloris Leachman, who was playing her mom. I wonder if she's thinking, oh, boy, I'm glad you're not like, I'm glad my mom isn't, not, isn't like <laughs> Phyllis. Meanwhile, Cloris Leachman had five kids. Wow. Yeah. She had a brood. She did. She had a brood of kids. She did. Very good. Yes. So and were they all like little Bess? I don't know. I never <laughs> met her kids. It's just the way that she refers to Bess as little Bess, and she's only, and she's already 12, yes. 13. And yes. it's like, I don't know. It's like you just don't know where she wants to go with Bess. Like, does she want her to grow up or and, and be independent, or does she not want her to grow up and is like purposely being condescending towards her? Right. <laughs> well, that's what makes it funny. Yeah. And Bess calls her parents Phyllis and Lars. Yes. I wouldn't do that, of course. No. I just think it's too weird. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but Mary, I will, but Aunt Mary, I can be here for about a few hours. Oh. But you never know how Bess is either. You, you just see her once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing about the show I, I like is. Not every character is in every episode. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of episodes without Cloris Leachman in it. Mm -hmm. um, there is, yeah. Now, apparently, they were saying on Be Kind Rewind that she's billed as a special guest star. And the reason was she would only sign the contract for one episode. Okay. And then they'd have to re-up it. Okay. Yeah. At least that's what I got out of the video. I just thought it was really funny, like, the times where she would come over and she's like, oh, I need someone to read for my group. And she's always a part of these, like, liberation groups. Yeah, I love the episode where they get Ted Baxter to speak of her <laughs> li women's liberation group. Yes. And he doesn't know what to say. <laughs> and the one where she goes to work at WJM. Yes. And she turns Ted against Lou. So funny. <laughs> and she tries to talk to Gordy and she, and he's like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she's trying to say, you know, I'd really like to get to know you. It's, it almost seems like she's flirting with all the, the men on the set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And she's getting a lot of things wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I wonder how Phyllis would have handled um, Randy, that uh, dumb waitress. I don't know. Mary hires. It's probably uh, Phyllis is her mentor or something. I I really love, you know how like Ted is an annoyance to Murray? Yes. How uh, Phyllis and, um, how Phyllis and Rhoda, Rhoda. kind of get at each other, but it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It's like we're we're sitting here thinking what it's like to be in an unhappy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Where she's like later, fu. <laughs> yeah, and 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 her even younger friends call her fu. <laughs> later, fu. <laughs> oh, oh wow, yeah. yeah, memorable memorable lines. Yes, they all babes. Good news and good good. Good newt, good nice and good newt. This is Ed Baxter saying, God bless and toodaloo. <laughs> toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs> he says, God bless. And Mary's like, and toodaloo. Yes. <laughs> toodaloo. Yes, yes, yes. So we've been watching a lot of Mia and enjoying it and interviews with the cast. I'm glad we got into this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like, you know what? I should watch this. Cause yeah. it, it was on Hulu, and I know you're not you're not a subscriber to Hulu anymore, but I watched it. And I'm like, this is really good. The yeah. second one, the second episode is when it really started to to get really funny. Mm-hmm. This was just one of those shows I thought was a dumb sitcom because they always show that spunk clip on TV, mm-hmm. and that never sort of struck me as that funny. Yeah. So I'm glad you uh, made me watch it more. Yes. Yes. I read Dick Van Dyke's book this week. It was good. One of the things that stood out to me is I did not know that he was an alcoholic. Wow. I didn't know either. Mm -hmm. And that he did something called the new Dick Van Dyke show in the 70s. They did three seasons. And he said out of those three years... They only made seven episodes that he thought were any good. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And he talked about his relationship with his wife Mm -hmm. and how he met the secretary that he ended up being with after his divorce. Mm. And she was a lady who kind of got the whole palimony thing going. Because she had been in a six-year relationship with Lee Marvin. Mm -hmm. That was her husband? Her ex-husband? No. This is palimony. So they were living together. They separate in 1970, and she sues Lee Marvin for support. Mm -hmm. She doesn't win, but it gets the conversation starting around the issue Mm. of living partners. And are they entitled to anything? Then they get together, meaning her and Dick Van Dyke. And they were together for like 35 years and never got married. And he said that they always wanted to, but they just never got around to it. Oh, I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, he shouldn't be living in, in there, Dick. Yeah. But he's not anymore because he died. She died. Yeah. But he's still alive. He, he yeah. Who knows how much longer? I don't know. He's, he's in, uh, I think he's like 92 now. Something like that. He's getting old. Well, well, so is Carol Burnett. She's like way into her 80s if she hasn't turned 90 yet. Wow. They're old. They are. Yeah, I always thought she was funny, too. They should go into politics. Mm, I don't think it's for them, though. You know what I was thinking, babes? Oh. 
You know how we're concerned about Joe Biden being old and not completely there? Yes. Maybe I've told you this before privately. I can't remember mm-hmm. if I said it here. Yeah. If the Democratic Party just really wanted to throw up the middle finger to the American people, they could say that next year they're going to back uh, Dianne Feinstein for president. <laughs> yeah, when she's on her last leg. Yeah. Literally. On her deathbed. Yes. Yeah, literally on her last leg. Yeah, like she doesn't have power of attorney over herself now. Wow. Yes. But anyways. Well, I guess if someone doesn't have power of attorney over themselves, and that means that they're like on their way out already. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Quick thing about the Trump indictments, but I don't want to linger on it. Okay. So the new indictments came down in Georgia. And the only reason Georgia to me is interesting, I think it's going to end how I think the other ones are going to end with him getting some sort of a pardon. And I know with the Georgia one, it's like a committee that would have to give him a pardon, but I think they eventually will. But here's what strikes me as interesting. They're saying that there's a good chance that the Georgia trial could be televised. Hmm, I don't know about that. Now, here's something interesting that you probably didn't know about Fannie Willis because um, uh, people are really up in arms about Fannie Willis and how she's trying to indict um, 19 or 18 other people in the same case. She has also, while she's doing this, she use she's been using this to campaign for another Democrat. I forgot what his name is, Charlie something or other. And she also is using this to bolster her own campaign to run again for um a district attorney, I think it is. People do that stuff. A lot. No, but that that, that uh, and not and, and she's also the daughter of a Black Panther and she also had an affair with a gang member and a, a notorious um uh, from a notorious gang there where she is I don't know. Every it just seems like, and this is just my opinion, that people that have tried to indict politically indict someone that they didn't like because of their politics, it always seems like there's always something else behind it. Like they've always had some kind of a sordid past and Fanny Willis is no different. Well, I would say people in general are complicated. I don't know if she had an affair with a gang yes, member or did. not. Yes, she did. Okay, maybe it's true. I just don't know. Yes, she did. And who knows where she was in that point in her life or where that gang member was. Maybe he was out of it by then. Maybe she didn't know, right? Anything's possible. And also, I thought we as Americans don't care who somebody's parents are. So who cares if her dad was a Black Panther? Well, it just seems interesting that she would um, have uh, have that kind of a, a power because she thinks that she can indict whoever she wants to. Um, and, and I think now her, um, her trial date, the trial date for her case is supposed to be March 24th, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen right away either. Um, but she... Um, the, the, basically my point is that this, this whole thing has been politically motivated and she has been using this to bolster her own campaign, I think. Well, the reason I'm not going to push back on you too hard is because I'm 99.9% sure I know how this whole thing ends, right? But what I will say is. It is a little bit shocking to me that we will judge somebody like Fannie Willis based on her who her parents are 
or we'll take that into consideration. But when it comes to Trump, we don't take into consideration the allegations against his father. Well, So maybe that says something. And also, I'm actually surprised that Trump doesn't want a quicker trial. Because if... Well, I, I, you don't know that he doesn't want a quicker trial. Supposedly, he wants to delay these trials until after the election. According to TYT said. According to what TYT said, yes. Who uh, Who isn't exactly the most reputable source. Uh, are they not? Ah! <laughs> I just told you. I just said it. I don't. I don't think they are. But you know, well, what do I know? You know who I think is a reputable source for news that's unbiased. It's a person named Eric Trump. <laughs> oh, you're gonna make fun of me now? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you make fun of me, babes. <laughs> well, that's because you make fun of me, flush. Oh my goodness. Okay, get back here. Okay, but uh... well, wait, wait, okay, so. What was I going to say? Um, I I think that the, but 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 this is this may actually backfire on Fannie Willis and other people that and Jack Smith too because now um, he has time to get out the evidence that he has um, compiled and his lawyers have compiled that will actually will um, give a different story to what they're trying to portray here. Well. It's for sure going to backfire on Jack Smith. I don't know about Fannie Willis. Oh, I think it will. Because I think it will. it'll backfire on the on the Democratic Party because after Trump gets convicted and is swiftly um, pardoned by uh, President Biden. He's not going to be pardoned by Biden. It's good. By, Biden's numbers will tank. He, he's, not gonna, he's not going to pardon. He's not going to be pardoned by Biden. Something, I mean... Out of all the people that he could be pardoned by, I don't think it, he's going to be pardoned by Biden. It depends. It depends on if the trial happens before or after the next election and who gets elected president. But if the if the trial happens beforehand, he is getting pardoned by Biden if he gets convicted. I don't. There's think so. no doubt in my mind that that's what's going to happen well, if I, he gets convicted. No, before he, the next he's election. not going to be pardoned by Biden. Of all the people, why would you think Biden would pardon him? Because. They're presidents. No. They're he's, part of the establishment. He's not going to... No, Trump is not a part of the establishment, as I've told you. He's never been a part of the establishment. He's always spoken out about the establishment. Biden is deep into the establishment. Establishment, And you know what's going to happen. They're going to tell him what to do. And Obama, Obama for sure, is going to be whispering in his ears. But he's not going to pardon Biden. Yeah, Obama. I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Biden's not going to pardon um, Trump. And you know what Obama's going to be telling him? Pardon Trump. No, he's not. Yeah. No, Obama, the same person, babe. No, he's not. The same person who, after he was elected president, said, we're not going to look into the war crimes of Dick Cheney or George W. Bush. You're going to tell me that that Obama we're, is not going to be advocating we're for not, we're not gonna. We're not, we're not talking about Dick Cheney and George W. Bush. We're talking about what's happening now. I know, but we have I to go based. We have to base. I do not believe that Obama or Biden is going to pardon him. Well, Obama won't pardon him no. because he's not a president anymore. But Obama can advocate for that behind the scenes. And he might not even have to advocate for that because I... I there, there's no evidence supporting your theory. I'm sorry. There's no evidence. There's no evidence not supporting my theory, babes. It's so blatant. It's there's no evidence supporting it. Besides the fact that a a U.S. president has never let another U.S. president go to jail. It's not going to happen. I've never seen. I've never seen um, 
presidents pardon other presidents. And by the uh, way, Gerald Ford with Nixon. And, and by the way, I do, I will not call Biden the president. Gerald Ford with Nixon. Really? Gerald Ford with Nixon. And again, Obama choosing not to have any investigations into what happened during the Bush administration. Well, we'll see what happens, but I really don't think that there's anything to support this theory. Well, listen, I'm telling you, if if I was Trump, that's why I would want a fast trial, is because you're going to get pardoned anyway. And what happens to Biden when he pardons Trump, his numbers are going to tank even more than they are now. His numbers are tanking anyway. No, but... His it, numbers no, are tanking anyway. No, they are, but I'm telling you, babes... It'll be a different level after Co combined Trump. with Kamala Harris's, um, you know what what she's supposed to do. I mean, it, and it's really bad if both sides of the aisle don't like you. No, but babes, you're missing the point. He's in the 30s now. I know. After he pardons Trump, he'll be in the teens. He'll be in the teens after he pardons Trump. He's not going to. Well, we'll see. I no Democrat wants to pardon him. I don't believe that for a minute. We'll see, babes. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Can you knock on your pubs? And then it'll be like, it'll be like when you were yeah, talking. You were wrong before, but I've been, and people are wrong. Uh, but I've been right about a lot of things when it comes to this stuff too. Mm, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Uh, like, uh, who told, first of all, who told you in 2019 that Joe Biden was going to be the Democratic nomination for nominee for president? Okay, you did, but I don't know. Mm, okay, 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 let's move on. All right. So, really, really quick. No. No, no, no. We're going to wrap up the Trump stuff because I don't want to spend all day on it. Okay. Um, it, again, going back to, it looks like the Georgia trial might be televised, right? Now, I'm assuming that there's nothing that could come out uh, where you would turn on Trump. So if Trump came out tomorrow and said, I'm guilty of everything they said, and I'm, I'm in favor of the resurrection, and I'm so glad that my people came out against our nation, you'd still be in support of him. But what I'm talking about insurrection. Yeah. If he came out and said that he loved the fact that there was an insurrection and he planned it, you'd, you'd still be in favor of Trump. But what I'm wondering is how – go ahead. What, okay. What, okay. Ask your question. So you'd still be in favor of him if he said that he planned well, the coup off, against Well, first off, if there were real evidence against him in what they're saying, then I, I wouldn't be. Really? But, okay. No, wait, wait. I'm being truthful here. Okay. If if he was lying about this, if there were actual reasons to believe that he lied about the whole thing and 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 actually did something to um to cause the an insurrection, then I wouldn't. But but here's the thing though, um he's always stuck to his story, and um and I have not seen evidence that he actually lied about this. Okay, go on. Okay, okay. so we're gonna see the evidence then. The one positive is the these trials are going to bring out the evidence in the public. It changes my question because my question was going to be, how do you defend Trump to your relatives if we find out, which I believe we will, that he planned the insurrection and he was trying well, to first throw off, a coup? Well, first off, we are not going – we're going to find out more about what was going by, behind the he scenes as to why they're indicting him. We're not going to – we are going to find out more – 
that there was something going on at the Capitol before they even got there. And I should know because my friend went to a speech and... Oh, oh. And what are you doing? I was patting your head. Oh. Oh, my goodness, because you were getting off topic. <laughs> Not well, like that. Okay, well, I was... I was... I was... I was uh, okay, so, so what I was trying to get to is I thought that you were like ride or die for Trump, whether he was guilty or not. And it sounds to me that if you have reason to believe that he's guilty, you're not going to defend him to people. Which well, that would be for anybody. If there was reason to believe that I was wrong about it, nice. then I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like a ride or die person. If I know that this person's wrong. Okay. Having said that, I do not think he's wrong. I do believe that this has been political. This this whole thing is politically motivated. And the reason why they want to get him isn't because of him now. It's because of the uh, people that supported him. And he's just in the way. And they want to um, they want to make sure that he's no longer on the ballot. Well, we'll see what happens. They all, they all want to make sure that the people that are um, issuing these subpoenas against his lawyers, against the people that used to work in the administration. We can move on. But that's 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 my opinion. Yes. We can move on now. George Santos is also getting indicted. Well good, he needs to be. He needs to be indicted. This 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 guy really did lie though. I yes. mean there's some evidence that really <clears throat> I didn't know that he was being indicted, but but it but just that, came out this week that it was overshadowed uh for, the, from, Maui for the Trump for Trump and the Maui stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, and by the way, the mainstream media is not reporting on Maui, and there's some stuff that's coming out about it that is really, really fishy. Yes, about how they're trying to buy land from the people for like pennies on the dollar. Even Oprah has been um, noted for trying to buy that land, and she, yep. and she shouldn't have to because she has a house in Hawaii already. Well, you know what the thing is with Oprah mm -hmm. and some other rich folks is they're trying to release uh, things to the press about how great they are because they're donating money to the Maui relief mm. and they're completely neglecting the fact that of course they are because they own land there. You know what's even more disgusting to me? That um, Joe Biden... Yes, I know where you're going and you're right. Joe Biden didn't make a statement until later, but what he's doing which I think is a real insult to the people of Maui and to people in Hawaii any, everywhere... Yeah. He's only donating $700 a year to the families. It's not a year. It's like a one-time payment. It's like a, a one-time payment? Yeah, that's what I heard. It's not even a year. It's a one-time payment of and $700. How is, how is that going to help these poor people that are displaced? Yeah, and a lot of them were struggling anyway because of the way the tourist economy was set up. And then they have this disaster, and they're getting a $700 one-time payment. Now, 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 whether what I mean, no matter what you think about Trump, there's one thing that you can't deny every disaster that happened, the one in East Palestine, uh, excuse me, East Palestine is what it's called, East Palestine, Ohio, the um, the disaster that was happening in New Orleans, um, before um, Obama left office, um, all these things that were happening in our country. President Trump was only President Trump was one of the first responders there to give food and to give uh, water. Joe Biden, well, he's better at optics. Hold on. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Are you okay? Yeah, you gotta stop tickling me, babes. Well, you interrupt me sometimes. You interrupt me a lot, folks. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> 
I just said Trump is better in optics. Well, if you would let me talk instead of giving your opinion, like right, you really right. do. Right. Okay, okay, stop it. Stop it. Right, give me a kiss. No. It's not, all right. <laughs> you want to give me a kiss? Buff? Stop it now. All right, all right, all right. Give me the recorder back. All right. All right, go ahead. And give me a kiss. Well, what I was trying to say is that Joe Biden didn't even get, to, didn't even go to Maui. Give me a kiss. Well, give me a kiss. Okay. Joe yeah. Biden didn't go to Maui. He made a statement later on. He wouldn't even comment on it. And 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 the only thing that he could give to these families is seven hundred dollars. Yeah. It's insane to me. Absolutely. It's insane to me. Um, there are people that are pleading for um ships to come in and planes to come in. And um and they're really angry at the uh, governor Josh Green because all he cares about is rebuilding Lahaina, but rebuilding it the way that he wants to rebuild it. Mm. Yeah, he wants to make it into a smart city, and wow. and 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 wants to put like he wants to make it more industrious. But but Lahaina, um, you know Maui, the island of Maui is not like the island of Oahu. No, the island of Oahu is very industrious. It's called the Gathering Isle for a reason. Yep. And Maui, the Maui locals are very upset about that. As they should be. Yeah, and I would be too, because they don't have a lot to preserve now because their history is gone. Mm -hmm. And I am, and I think that it's important for them to preserve their land for their, their future generations. Or give it to Monsanto's. Just like I really believe that um, people need to take care of the forests for future generations. Right. And um and uh it's it's terrible what's happening to those families and and what about the people that are still missing that haven't even been recovered and a lot of children have died in this fire too that's right and and all he could give them is seven hundred dollars I don't believe that it's it's, it's 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 disgusting to me that that he doesn't seem to care about the well being of these people yeah by the way. Biden is going to Maui next week, but he was originally planning to take a vacation. But apparently he got so much pressure from the media, yeah. media and everybody <laughs> that he had to change his plans and go to Maui. Oh, and by the way, the, the, I think it was a fire chief or somebody that was supposed to be there on the island. They were somewhere else. Mm. They weren't even on the island when the sirens went off. Now, the, the, the fire chief really was defending why they didn't have the sirens because they were saying, well, if we had the sirens go off, then the people would go to the, the Malka side of the island, which is a mountainside. And I'm like, how is that How is that in defense of the sirens going off? Because if there were sirens or, or text yeah. messages, they would have been able to evacuate and there wouldn't be as many deaths as there are now. So Alana and I know a lot of people who live in Hawaii, not necessarily Maui, yeah. but we know people who know a lot of people who live in Maui. Mm -hmm. And we've been getting conflicting reports, but basically what I've been hearing is that nobody got emergency texts. Nobody was told that this was going on. They didn't use the emergency broadcast system. There was no warning. Not at all. Yeah. And and uh, Governor Josh Green, um, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, because of, of him and the fire chief and the people that didn't act, there's blood on the hands of those people. Absolutely. Now, um, because they didn't, they didn't act and, um, and, and they're using this, they're politicizing the fires now. And it's, it's uh, really disgusting to me.
that they would do this to these people at this time. And they, they don't even know. They're probably out of a job. Um, they may have lost their children. Yep. I mean, and they, and, and they're trying to, they're trying to politicize this. They're trying to make it like, oh, okay, well, or they're, they're trying, they're, what is that saying? Uh, no, don't ever let a crisis, a good crisis go to waste. Exactly. They're using that to, um, uh, it's just disgusting. This whole thing is just very, very fishy to me. Yeah, it is. The water turned off. Yeah. The water turned off. They, they didn't even want them to use water to, um, to extinguish the fires. Yeah. It is very fishy. It is very fishy. I personally think, I'm thinking now that it was more than just down power lines and somebody caused it. I don't know. Maybe somebody Possibly. caused it or maybe they just realized in the moment we could take advantage of this tragedy and not tell people that the infrastructure is weak. Uh, maybe it was just a failing of all the systems. But if you, here's the thing. If it was just human error, right? If they just didn't use the emergency broadcast system because they didn't think they needed to, if the fire chief just happened to be gone, then why are we still having these issues where we can't get aid to these people? That's what may, that, that on top of all the other things makes me think that there's probably something else going on. Yeah, and the police didn't were um were were the police were blocking off the the routing the yep. um the the place where people could escape. And it's like, well, why would you do that? Exactly. Why would you do that? Um, who instructed you to do that? And it's, but, but, but you see, but on the other side of this, you see good Maui citizens helping each other with putting them on boats and yeah. putting them up in hotels. And, and the, the locals are very resistant, re resilient. I mean, yeah. they're very resilient. They're very, um, family oriented. And, um, it's great to see that because they, they, they want to help each other. You wonder how many members of this police department used to work in Uvalde, Texas. <laughs> no. Uh, even people from Oahu are, are trying to get aid to them, too. Mm -hmm. There was a senator from Oahu that was was um, keeping contact with, with um, what's been going on. And, um, yeah, so so it's, uh, it's a very sad situation. It is. And I... I don't know how Kauai handled it because they had, you know, we had a hurricane in 92 that I was, um, I was around for and it was really scary. And thank goodness that our, uh, the island of Oahu wasn't hit very, very much, but the big island got it and Kauai got it very badly, especially in the, the town of, um, Kapa'a. And, um, and they did eventually, um, you know, rebuild and 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 um, and everything, but mm. that had to be really, really devastating. Yeah. Sad stuff there, little Jewel. Sad stuff there. Yes. Yes. Now, on a brighter note, I watched a interview with a sex offender yesterday. <laughs> on a brighter note, so he was Rick was telling me this morning about a a show, a YouTube channel called The Soft White Underbelly. I believe I've talked about it a little bit here before, but basically this one guy interviews a lot of people off of Skid Row with interesting backstories. Mm -hmm. And he talked to a man who was in his 80s. He was like 83. And back in the 1980s, he molested his daughter and their next door neighbor and went to prison until 2011. Wow. Yeah. I watched that one. 
I watched an interview that he did with a flat earther. And the flat earther seemed like a nice guy, but a little bit off. Yeah. Like, yeah. the interviewer, and I don't remember the guy's name who runs the channel, even though he was on Joe Rogan a while back. Yeah. He asked the guy, well, how do you explain why hasn't anybody fallen off the earth? Like, why haven't any boats fallen off? And the guy's like, good question. But then he answers it with a non sequitur mm -hmm. that doesn't explain anything. Mm -hmm. And that's when I'm like, I'm out of here. Who was the other one I watched this week? Oh, yeah. It was with a lady who uh, profiles serial killers. And she wow. goes and does interviews with them. <laughs> and she talked about how she stayed with one of the serial killer's girlfriends. And the serial killer's girlfriend? Yeah, one of the serial killers who she was profiling. Mm. And she stayed with the parents of another one and said that they were all nice. Wow. And then I watched one. And it was a guy who was like 15 in 1970, mm -hmm. and he escaped being killed by John Wayne Gacy. Wow. And he goes into the story about how he was, John Wayne Gacy was visiting from Chicago to the place where this guy was at, mm -hmm. at this resort, because I think he was working there as a teenager. John Wayne Gacy invites him back to his hotel room to grab a beer. Mm -hmm. They're drinking, and then John Wayne Gacy walks the, locks the doors. Uh-oh. And things get really weird. So at one point he says, okay, if this guy goes to the bathroom again, I'm going to move the keg to the other side of the room. So he yeah. does that. Mm -hmm. Gacy comes out and he says, could I have another beer? Gacy looks around, sees that the thing has moved, goes to get it. And then the guy unlocks the door and is leaving and Gacy grabs onto him. But he didn't have a shirt. His shirt was off by this point. Yep. So he's able to throw him off. He got some, gets on his motorcycle and leaves. That the teenager does. Yes. Yeah. And in 73, this is now like three years later, he sees Gacy again and they just kind of like look at each other. Gacy claims not to remember him. He doesn't really talk about it again until like 2007. He had talked about it with a few people, but he didn't really, you know, freak out about it. And in 2007, some guy contacted him who was an investigator and they talked a few times and the guy said, we think that Gacy killed more people because there was a lot of drownings of young boys in this one area. Mm -hmm. And we don't think that they drowned. We think that John Wayne Gacy probably pulled them under. Right. At least that's the implication I got from watching this video. Yeah. So it's an interesting channel. And so I had, like the soft one. But, but, but that guy that was, that escaped from John Wayne Gacy, was he um hurt at all? Did it say that he was hurt? Not really. Maybe he was roughed up a little bit, but nothing that he couldn't get over. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I say that, but I think if I was almost killed by a serial killer at 15, it might be traumatic. He was very smart for um a guy, uh, a boy of 15, because yeah. if, if you're, you know, a girl probably wouldn't have had the wherewithal to do it. Hmm. Maybe she would, but she had to act. She would have to act really quickly. Yeah, really quickly. But um, but it's a good thing that he was able to get out of there. I think so. Yes. Yes. So that's been some of the stuff I've been getting into this week. There, little J. I still can't believe I heard the interview with Oprah and her and uh John Wayne Gacy's sister, and that his sister knew something but didn't know, um, how to tell people about it, like she knew that he spent a lot of time alone mm. and that she um found out later on what was in the basement yeah with what was in his basement and that was like it just horrified her wow yeah horrified her wow yeah that's got to be weird finding out that one of your family members is a serial killer 
I I would find it very devastating. Like I I can't believe this person is doing it. Now I know that families have stuck by people that have um murdered somebody, like actual evidence that they murdered somebody, mm-hmm. which doesn't make the, to me that that's hard to understand. I hear you with that one, babes. It's really hard to understand it. If there's if there was evidence that could vindicate this person that he didn't do it, I get or or she didn't do it, I get that. But if there is actual evidence and they really do need to go to prison or even get the death penalty, yeah. It doesn't under it, I don't understand why a family member would stand by this person. Yes. It's yeah. hard for me to understand. Like that. what if we find out that you're a serial? I'm not. Okay. There's no reason why it would be, Bob. Okay, good. Why would you say that? I don't know. Maybe you're just doing a good job of hiding it. Why would you say that to you? Because maybe Yuji was just doing a good job of hiding it. I don't know. I wouldn't even know the first thing to do, and I don't like blood. Nice, nice. I don't like the smell of blood or the feel of blood. You're like, hee hee, I'm a healer killer. Where's my Captain Quench? Hee <laughs> hee. What? I need my knife and my Captain Crunch because I'm a serial killer. A Captain Crunch? Why? Serial killer. Oh my goodness. That's bad. But I'm bummed. Oh no, I thought it was Frosted Flakes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, my Frosted Flakes. Well, my Captain Crunch. Okay, Captain Crunch is good too. Yes. But anyway, that's kind of funny. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. I've also been watching clips of Suzanne Summers talking about leaving Three's company. Yeah. Apparently, she was getting paid $35,000 an episode. It was about to be bumped up to Mm $40,000. And her husband went in to negotiate because he fired her agent. Oh. (laughs) And she wanted a raise to $150,000 an episode. Oh, wow. But she had a favored nations clause in her contract, which basically means that you negotiate with another actor. So if she gets that, Mm -hmm. they have to pay that to Joyce DeWitt. Oh, wow. And the producer said, there's no way in hell I'm paying you that amount of money. So she gets kicked off the show and she wanted to return to it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of dumb on her part to think that they'd want her back after that. Because the way I understand it is one episode, she just didn't show up the night of the taping. Uh-oh. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting stuff. It is. I mean... Um, I watched interviews with her and one of the producers. I still I still need to read her book, um, Knockout. Yeah. It's supposed to be good. It's on uh, Bookshare. Do you know if it's on Bard? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. But it is on Bookshare. Supposed to be a good one, Babu. There we go, the little Jewel. Yes. Little Jewel. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. We talked about a lot today, babes. Yes, we did. Yes. Did you have any dreams? Not that I can think of. Mm. What about you? Uh, no. It was a crazy week, though, this week, because we went through a heat wave from Sunday, um, from Sunday the 13th until yesterday. And I had to, I had cancellations for two of my classes. One cancellation on Monday and the other one on Tuesday because it was just too hot. There was a concert that I wanted to go to on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't because of the heat. 
Yeah, and yeah. you asked me if uh, if we should go, and I said, I really don't want to be dancing in a packed studio. In or not, not dancing, but um, listening in, in a packed studio, and it's like 90-something degrees. Mm-hmm. Or close to 100. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I can't handle that. And even even walking in like 90 to 95 degrees outside, it's it really takes a lot of energy. Yes. To do that. Yes. Yeah. So we stayed out of the heat and kept ourselves cool. And we got there a little shivery. Well, it's supposed to be in the 90s again on Sunday. <sighs> yeah. But that's what the air conditioning is for. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes, baby. Well, babes. Oh, I, I did have one more Trump question for you. Oh, no. Okay. What? Really quick. Okay. There are rumors, and they're just rumors at this point, and I did hear this on liberal media, mm-hmm. that Giuliani is about to flip on Trump. What's the question? The question is, what do you do if that happens? Well, I don't believe he is going to. I don't know. They're just rumors at this point. I've never heard anything about that, but he is one of the people that is being indicted by um indicted by Fannie Willis. Yeah, he is. Um I don't believe he will. Okay. He's always been he's always been a very ardent supporter and people have been after him too, so he knows what this is like. That's fair. Um Sometimes things are just rumors and they don't come to fruition. That's fair. And if it did, if it did happen, that would make you take pause for a second. I don't know. I would, I would, I would wonder why Giuliani would do that. Yeah. But I don't see him doing it. That's fair. That's just me though. Okay. Okay, then. I think I need a nap. I think you do too. But we should probably set up everything with the chicken first for the marinade for tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give me a kiss. Why? Because you need one. Because mm. you've been being bad. Mm. Normal bugs, no noise. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Anything okay. else? Okay. Um. No, I don't think so. Okay. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.